0: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale and this podcast is all about making dressage make sense. I hope you enjoy. Hello everybody, we are back. I know the podcast went a bit quiet as we kind of got to the end of last year. Everything got a little bit busy. We had No Stirrup November, we had the members training platform that really took off and I suddenly had a bunch of new clients for lessons at the same time as all the sales horses coming in that got really full and we had lots of viewings going on and horses to ride and lessons to teach and workshops to write and everything just got a little bit away from me and the podcast unfortunately kind of fell a bit to the wayside which I really didn't like because I love doing the podcast. It's where Decomplicating Dressage started in the first place. And I know how many of you really value this podcast and listen to it on your way to the yard or on your drive to work or whilst you're mucking out in the mornings. So I really want to make sure this year that we're more consistent with these episodes so they will be more regular, more consistent and starting to come hopefully weekly, if I can get organised with this. So with that being said then, today's episode is going to be all about what I have learnt from 2022. Now I think it's really important to talk about and reflect on the things that we learnt in the last year, what we learnt from the bad experiences and the tests or the sessions that didn't go to plan, as well as those moments that we look back on as being huge highs and huge successes. Especially in this sport, we are all constantly trying to better ourselves. Dressage is a sport where we never know everything. We never know enough. There's always a lesson to learn, a gap in our knowledge, a horse that surprises us. And that's the case whether you are just starting out in the sport or you've been doing it for 50 years at Grand Prix. Now, some of these things I learnt myself through my riding with my own horses, some I learned through coaching other riders and some through actually watching the journeys of my clients and my riders have, and the journeys they've kind of made over the year has actually taught me quite a lot for myself too. But these are probably the three most major, most big things that I've learned. And these are the three things that I'm really wanting to remember and take into 2023. So hopefully it's gonna give you a few things to take away and a few things to kind of think about and reflect on too. So the first thing then is to have an open mind when things don't work. Now, I'm now at a stage where I've trained a fair few horses, especially having around kind of 20 sales horses coming in and out of the yard. You get used to sitting on new horses every day, looking and assessing new horses and working out what they're like, what types of riders they're going to suit, what type of job they would be best suited to. And equally, I've now got into a habit of training quite a few riders. So I've seen their journeys, what things work, what things don't work. And through all of this, you start to develop a bit of a theory or a bit of a process of how you categorise these horses And from that, how you then train them. And I think we do this whether you have one horse that you've had for years or whether you have a young horse or a slightly older horse. We all get into the habit of kind of categorising them. And I see it quite a lot, especially with riders who have had horses for quite a long time. And we all get caught in the habit of it that we start to ride the horse that we had six months ago or a year ago even when they've made all this improvement and it's us as riders adapting to these horses as they change and as all this good training that we do improves them and makes them better we've got to be able to adapt to that too and from a coaching perspective if someone comes in and tells me their horse is really lazy and I see that the horse is really lazy I'm gonna coach them and give them very different exercises to if I see a really hot horse. And yet with that, there will always be horses that don't fit the system, that don't suit the theory or the system that you work with. And this is the point where as a rider or as a coach, we can look at these horses and we can do ultimately one of three options. We can either put our heads down and keep battling through doing the same thing that has worked for us before in the hope that somehow doing the same thing with this new horse is going to get us a different outcome. Now clearly that's not going to work. So the second option then is that we can give up and decide that this horse doesn't suit us, it doesn't suit the way we ride and sometimes that works for some people and a lot of the time that that is the option they take. But the other option then is that we can use it as an opportunity to learn a totally new way of training that suits this horse more and we can use it as a way to learn and to grow and become a better more well-rounded rider that is capable of riding even more different types of horses and so if you have a horse whether you've bought it recently or whether you've had it for quite a while and you feel like it doesn't suit you or you feel like you just don't get on, as long as it's safe to do so, and this is obviously the underlying factor, if it is safe and you're not in any danger, this could be the opportunity for you to really grow and really advance yourself as a rider. You could learn so much through this process by ultimately changing how you ride and adapting how you ride to suit this horse. Now, obviously, out of those three options then of either putting our heads down and kind of battling through it, giving up or using it as an opportunity, we all know which one is the right way, which one we'd like to take. But the right way is hard. It's hard to accept that you have a gap in your knowledge. It's hard to accept that ultimately you don't know how to solve a particular situation and it's hard to ask for help. And it's also quite hard to do all of this without then beating yourself up or feeling guilty or thinking that this means that you're a bad rider. It's about accepting the fact that as riders, we can't know everything. There will always be times when we get stuck with a horse and this can happen daily. It can happen weekly or it might just happen once a year these problems are going to happen. Whether you are with a horse that you're really comfortable with or whether you're with a horse that actually is a bit more out of your comfort zone, you are going to come across these problems. And I I see it as much in top riders as in amateur riders who ride for fun. We categorise our horses and then we use that to decide if they are right for us or not. And a common one is saying something like, I only like riding hot horses or another really common one I hear is my lazy horse just doesn't like dressage. And so we put these horses in these categories and then we decide whether or not that works for us. I like riding hot horses so if they're not hot I'm not going to enjoy riding them. My lazy horse doesn't like dressage so if I do dressage we're both going to hate it and not enjoy it it's already putting in these assumptions and closing our mind off to the fact that actually this horse that you might not like riding or might not be getting on with at the moment or might be coming across this problem might actually be the biggest opportunity for you to become a better rider or to learn something huge from this experience. I guess it's having ultimately more of an open mind that actually horses can change, riders can change Let's try not to categorise horses too quickly. And equally from a coach's perspective or from a rider's perspective, let's try not to categorise ourselves as riders either.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Now, the second thing that I learned in 2022, and I'm trying to take into 2023, is to not get stuck in the theory. Now, this lesson comes a little earlier in the year for me it kind of happened in i think kind of january february time when i had a lesson where my coach said that i needed to use a like a tiny bit of inside rain to help add just a tiny bit of extra flexion for a few strides on the circle now for those of you that know about the inside leg to outside rein connection idea this kind of goes against that theory a bit of how you ride a circle we get taught In terms of dressage theory, that we use our inside leg to create the bend and the outside rein to turn the horse's shoulders around the circle. And with kind of what I do with this podcast and with the training platform, we talk a lot about theory, which is really good. Theory is not a bad idea. It's not a bad thing. It gives you clarity on how things should be done. It makes you really clear on the aids for the movements and why these aids work and why others don't and why you're having certain problems in the first place and for years I've been teaching riders to stop using the inside rein to turn their horses and instead using the outside rein and the inside leg so the concept of someone telling me to use my inside rein whilst I was riding a circle was a bit like someone trying to tell me that I should be driving on the other side of the road it felt really uncomfortable and yet Ultimately, the results spoke for themselves. When I added a little hint of flexion for a few strides, my horse became more supple. It loosened up the top part of his neck that had kind of tightened a bit. And ultimately, then my circle got better because of it. This doesn't mean the theory doesn't work. The inside leg to outside rein connection is still true and right. And adding a little bit of inside rein does give you a little bit more flexion. But the problem is that every horse is different. Every rider rides slightly differently. Every trainer coaches slightly differently. And so the theory needs to underpin everything we do. But I now think of it more as forming the basis for everything I do. But I don't stick so solidly to the theory that I don't do anything else apart from what I should be doing. If we do this, we might as well just end up riding mechanical horses every time we ride because horses don't all react the same way they all have different strengths they have different weaknesses they have different mentalities different confidence levels different abilities and so I now am much more focused on giving space for this and allowing the horse a bit more space to tell me what works for them but still with that theory being kind of the baseline for what I do just adapting it to suit the horse a little bit more And for coaches, we can do the same for riders too. Whilst there is a theory of what the best position is and what the best way to ride is, our job as coaches isn't to make everyone the same. It's not to make everyone ride like Charlotte or ride like Carl because that's not going to work for every rider. Instead, it's all about making each rider the best they can be and to work with them, with their bodies, with their mentality, the same as we should be trying to make our horses the best they can be. So now the focus for me is on using the theory and all the things we learn about to be our base for our training. It's still really important to know how things should be, but to allow a bit more space to work with the riding, with the horse, with the rider, and not try to push everything into a box of what the kind of perfect thing should be. And the last and final thing then is to keep things in perspective to why you ride. And this one has kind of come about a lot more recently I think as the weather has got worse and arenas have been kind of flooded or frozen or the weather's just been awful. I've had clients phoning me up really distressed because they just haven't been able to ride their horses for a week or they haven't been able to work on what we worked on in the lesson and I get the stress. We we all want to be the best riders we can be and when we see time going by and not being able to do anything about it it's hard but when this happens and you're feeling guilty or you're feeling really anxious that you haven't been able to ride or you had a training session that you didn't think went as well as it should have done or a competition that didn't go as planned I think it's important to remind yourself of a few things and this is kind of a bit of a list that I go through when I've had a bad ride or a bad test or something just hasn't gone to plan. The first thing I always say is could you have controlled it in the first place? So things like weather, frozen arenas, your boss keeping you back leg at work so you couldn't ride, you've got zero control over that. You can't change it. No matter how hard you try, you're not going to make the situation any different. And so in those times, I think realizing that can actually be really important to then allow yourself to let it go a bit allow yourself to not get stressed and not get anxious because you realize you can't control it in the first place and sometimes just realizing that can help you feel less stressed and less anxious the second thing i ask then is does your horse mind now more often than not our horses couldn't care less if we rode them or didn't rode them on a day If they're being fed, they're being kept warm and dry, they are happy. Equally, they probably don't even really know the difference between what was a really good test and what was a bad test. And frankly, I don't think they'd care. What they do care about is that they're loved, that they have a positive experience when you ride them, that they go home to that stable or that field with food and water. And sometimes I think spending time with your horse grooming or taking them for a hack is sometimes far more productive than doing that training session because you think you should even when you really don't feel like it so i think that's a really good point to keep everything in perspective over does your horse really mind in the first place now if they do and you feel like they are they get more anxious or they get more stressed or they change quite a bit if you miss riding them then maybe you can start to put something in to help with that. Like you could maybe change their routine. You could maybe ask a friend or get a freelancer in to just lunge them for 10, 15 minutes to keep them moving. But I think ultimately in most situations, the horses don't really care. (laughs) And the last point there is probably the most important thing I want you to take away from this whole podcast podcast is why do you ride in the first place? Now, I think it's really important to remember because it's so easy to just get dragged along the bandwagon of doing things because everyone else does or the people around you are or the people you look up to are. When in fact, it might not suit you or it might not match up with why you ride in the first place. Now, I teach quite a few people and... Some of these people ride because they want to be the best. They might ride because they want to get their horse to the highest level or be the best rider. And they constantly want to do better and be better and improve each time. And these riders might do it as their job. They might not. But they're going to be aiming for national championships or even internationals or big championship classes. Now, this is really different to the riders who ride because it's their hobby and it's their de-stress time. They ride because they love their horses and they love their relationship with their horses. And after a stressful day at work, being with their horse is enjoyable and they just love spending time with them. Now, you may fall into one of these extremes or you may be somewhere kind of in the middle or to one side. But how I would teach each of these riders and how each of these riders are gonna train, how they're gonna compete, how they're gonna ride, how they're gonna look after their horses is gonna be totally different. So I think it's really important to be clear on why you ride in the first place so you can make sure everything that you do aligns with that, how you train, how you ride, how you compete, how you look after your horse. If the rider who has international aspirations Misses out on a ride the day before their qualifying show. That could potentially have quite big consequences for them in terms of what they want to achieve. But then another rider who isn't able to ride their horse on one day because work got a bit manic, and instead they spend time loving and kind of grooming their horse and just spending time with them, or even maybe doing some in-hand work or groundwork that's going to be absolutely fine and their horse is going to enjoy that and they're going to enjoy it and they're going to feel distressed and have a really nice time so it's totally dependent on the situation it's dependent on the rider the horse and that rider's why but once you know your why and you know why you ride in the first place you can make sure everything that you do really works with that and make sure that you are really enjoying your time with your horse and loving doing what you're doing with your horse which is the whole purpose of kind of why the most of us do it in the first place now all these three things and i'll remind you of them because i know i've spoken a lot just then so we had can you control it does your horse actually mind and does it match your why And you can use each of these questions to help you keep things in perspective. So when you have that ride that doesn't go to plan or you have that competition that doesn't go the way you want or you miss that ride that you were intending to do. Hopefully these questions will help you to keep that big picture perspective that perhaps it doesn't matter as much as it initially seems. And in fact, it could even be a blessing in disguise and you might end up spending more quality time with your horse or just feeling less stressed so there you have it then the three major lessons and takeaways that i have taken from 2022 now these are really quite big ones so i really hope that you took something from it whether it's helped you to think about situations a little bit differently or whether it's just kind of made you realize that everyone no matter their level in dressage or their amount of experience or where they are on their journey is always learning and always growing and always improving in this sport. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I want you to wish you a happy new year. And I hope that the first week of your 2023 is going amazingly. And I will see you next time. Before you go, I wanted to talk to you about our brand new challenge over at Decomplicating Dressage, and we're calling it Kickstart 2023. Now, this is the perfect challenge for riders who are feeling in a rut with their riding or their training or with their competing. If you want to feel more motivated, if you're unsure what you should be working on in your training, if you're unsure where you're going wrong or how to get those scores rising, and if you want to see real progress in your training and in your competing. Now in the challenge, we take you through how to reflect on 2022, how to analyse your own performance and work out what you need to do to improve those scores and improve your training and really see improvement in your horse and your riding. We also look at how to goal-set properly, so you actually achieve what you want to achieve. And crucially, we spend a lot of time focusing on how you achieve your goals by creating your own training plan for the year. So you know exactly what you need to do on your horse. And so you also have a plan and know exactly what you're doing every time you ride. Now, if this sounds like something you need, then you can come and join us. Just head to DecomplicatingDressage.com and click the top banner that says Kickstart 2023. All the details will be there for you to join us. And this is only available for January. So time is running out to come and join us. But we would love to have you there and help you get your 2023 off to the best possible start.